Welcome back to Comtrack. <laughs> we are back in Spooktober, and we are here with probably one of the more underrated horror thrillers of uh, the, the last previous decade, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And joining us again is Sean. Hi, Sean. I'm still a little traumatized from cats. Please help me. <laughs> well, this should get that bad taste out of your mouth. Thank God. I'm gonna I'm gonna get revenge on those two <laughs> as soon as I can. But uh, yeah, man. So uh, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay. So I guess we really can't talk about this movie until we've talked about the previous. And for those of you listening back home, obviously, if you don't want to just like talk about our random bullshit that we usually do in the beginning, uh, in the uh, the description below, there's usually a sync button that'll tell you the mo where the movie s starts. So. If you want to just like get to the movie already just uh click on that time code below and then you can join us right there but in the meantime cloverfield i want to hear about uh, your uh, your memories about this one because i know i'm pretty sure you have a little bit m uh, better memories of it than i do because i saw these movies fairly late nope i went oh, into this having never seen the uh, the first one I've never oh, seen Cloverfield, really? and I love this movie. This is great. Um, I've seen clips and bits and pieces of Cloverfield, and I am not a big fan of the shaky camera found footage uh, genre of filmmaking. Or so, uh, as Roger Ebert once called it, uh, I think he called it, uh, um, oh, what was it? Uh, yeah, La Shakily Queasy Cam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think my distaste for that genre mainly is due to the fact that I uh, made the mistake of seeing Blair Witch Project in theaters. Oh. And, and thereafter, I was just like, I'm like, well, if that's a movie, hell, anyone can make a movie. I know, right? And the fact that it made like, you know, 200% of its budget back and like every film student is just like in the corner, just like kicking the 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 floor and just screaming internally <laughs> like fuck why didn't i think of this yeah i think the same thing happened with like saw because it was all lo one location one character very student film ish but because it played so well everyone's like give us more and we'll give you more money and like yeah <sighs> it's just like man like with that, it, it's yeah. Sometimes you have a really great concept to start a franchise, and then it goes downhill very quickly. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's like you hear great things about a horror movie, and you go and watch it, and you're like, "What? No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know." Oh, speaking of which, like this, like horror films kind of getting run into the ground. Cloverfield is is no exception unfortunately because i because i take it you this is the only one you've seen out of uh the three that they released because there's yep. cloverfield 10 cloverfield lane and then there's the cloverfield paradox yeah I'm, I'm aware of uh the other ones haven't watched them really uh you're gonna get me on board with this the second i saw the trailer for it because one uh john goodman is a national treasure and i will yes come any day of the week to watch that man work uh, and two, I, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So yeah, when it yeah, was like, yeah. oh, we're going to have both of them in a bunker film together. It's like, all right, like, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's go for it, man. Uh, 
now, well, I guess I should talk about my experience with Clover because I had seen the first one. I didn't see Paradox because I heard the reviews, and because the marketing was so vague and the fact that it just kind of got released at the last minute on Netflix and not in theaters, that was like, oh, that's a alarm bad bells sign. are ringing. <laughs> yeah, and when I heard that, saw the reviews, I'm like, well, that was to be expected. So. Because, uh, like, you know, they're, you know, they're trying to do this thing where, you know, each individual movie stands on its own, but it's within the same universe. And then they did Paradox, which deals with, like, you know, alternate dimensions and different stuff. And it's like, get your story straight here. Like, I guess we were actually talking about J.J. Abrams right before we went on the air. And we're like, you know, the mystery box thing is great for marketing like it's genius on a marketing level but as a storyteller dear god is it a nightmare yeah no i want the payoff like i don't want a perpetual mystery give me my payoff yeah man because like you know i because again i watched the first cloverfield and i really didn't you know pay attention too much to the viral marketing campaign because i think i saw it in like 2012 a full four years after it came out in one uh but Honestly, you know, because I'm not a big fan of the, the handheld found footage thing because, you know, Blair Witch Project kind of ruined that for me, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually really liked Cloverfield, the first one. Uh, believe it or not, the uh, the cinematography, while, yeah, it can get pretty disorienting, especially in, like, a dark theater, uh, the fact that it's directed w well, because uh, Matt Reeves was at the hel helm of that one, and we know he did... Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and the amazingly superior War for the Planet of the Apes, and right now he's doing uh, Batman with Robert Patterson. Really hope that turns out well. Should be uh, interesting. But Matt Reeves has, in the few movies that he's done so far, has shown to me like this. Now this guy actually gets how to direct a movie and whatnot. So the first Cloverfield, again, while being stuck with the you know cinema verite kind of style uh it, it it still actually kind of engrossed me you know uh and they showed you just enough monster you know and you know just enough where i'm like ooh, this is actually kind of fun i just wish it was one of those things that stood on its own and wasn't uh, a spiritual successor to this movie because uh, i don't know if you know the origin of this movie 10 cloverfield lane it did not start out uh, as a script to be part of this universe it was its own thing it was originally hmm. called uh, uh i think it, well what was it uh originally titled um yeah i, I know i cheat i i <laughs> i use google um it was originally called the seller so okay. again completely on its own like a lot of the uh, the same tense and uh uh suspenseful psychological drama that's going on in this movie is still there but they're like, we really, we're going to buy the script, but we're going to somehow mash it into the universe of Cloverfield, which kind of works, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know. It, it actually, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it with the film, but it, it works quite well. Uh, it does. In, no. Yeah. In my mind, because, you know, one of the great concepts of the film is that things are not one thing or the other you know and, and that's mm -hmm. what what i really like about this movie is the fact that 
you know, it's a very obviously contained movie uh, with with the set and everything else, but totally just because, um, you know, just because somebody is unhinged or crazy or off the rails doesn't necessarily mean they're lying and doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, reality is other than what they're telling you. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the more interesting ways to do character and horror and things of that nature uh, is the fact of it's just like, yeah, like allowing multiple things to to be true and to, you know, have that impact, I think, really helps make things work. Yes, because uh, because really, at the end of the day, I don't really care that this movie is uh, uh, connected to, you know, uh, this whole other movie, Cloverfield. I just. I'm just in, uh, was really, really uh, caught up in the moment of the movie itself, you know? Like, I didn't really care that, you know... Because they s said many, 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 many times uh, that... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the uh, That this movie really wouldn't have the Cloverfield monster. There would be certain elements, but it's not really there. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. And when I w sat down and watched it, uh, which was an interesting time, but I'll get to that in a moment... Uh, um, I, uh, I I was like, you know what? The, I can just let this movie stand on its own and be a really good claustrophobic psychological horror thriller movie, you know? Because uh, that's because yeah, you I think you actually have the benefit of you know seeing it for the first time, not knowing a, a shred of anything about it, and just kind of sort of knowing that it. Uh, is like a, related to this other movie, but the, the the fact that it's so self-contained makes it so much more interesting, and uh, and I find myself caring so much more about uh, uh, John Goodman and uh, uh, and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead than anything resembling aliens or kaiju's or you know attacks on New York. All that stuff's kind of bullshit. Just let me talk like be with these characters you know yeah and, and that that's yeah. that that's just it like that's what the trailer uh did so well uh for this movie it's just like i don't care that it's tied to this other stuff i care that it's actors i love in uh this stressed out space in this bunker having to bounce off each other i'm like i'm in <laughs> that's it yeah yeah uh and you know what's actually you know what's really funny you know when I first popped this in? I popped this in the, for the first time this year just as quarantine <laughs> went down in Ohio. Like, I thought, okay, you know what? If I'm, I'm going to be uh, – because it was uh, like two weeks in during lockdown, and I was starting to get a little cabin fever, and I'm like, do I really want to just tempt the gods and just go full <laughs> into my cabin fever and bathe in my my angst and watch this movie yes yes i <laughs> yeah i mean i uh i caught this in theaters so oh right on so yeah you were back there in uh 2016 yeah i well folks if i mean if we're if we're if it is because uh, you know we record this a little bit earlier but uh if we're still on lockdown and it's october Here's a movie. Here's a horror movie for you. I tell you what, because <laughs> this, like, if you thought The Shining was really a really great like cabin fever movie and being 
stuck during an apocalypse or something uh yeah give this one a check out because man because yeah. <laughs> i was watch, i remember watching this the first time i'm like wow this is so much more appropriate than i was led to believe like <laughs> goddamn <laughs> all right so uh yeah man you want to start the movie because i've been i'm real excited for yeah this one, let's get into this it is, this is easily my favorite of the, the ones that i've seen because oh just to be reiterate i have not seen the cloverfield paradox i, th- I think i said that already did i yes i think i did okay yeah i'm <laughs> it's 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 been a it's been a crazy week you guys i'm still I'm still traumatized by the kitty cats. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so if you guys got it like on streaming, you got a, you got the Blu-ray, wherever you can find it, get it queued up because we are gonna hit play in three, two, one, click. Oh yeah, here we go. And then of course, because it's one of the J.J. Uh, Abrams paramount uh, is producing naturally i really um, do love when they redid the paramount uh opening logo to have the stars skimming the water that yeah was a that was great a great call fun. that was a that was a lot of fun and doing it like on this crazy sunset sort of thing then we got bad robot of course so mixed mixed feelings about bad robot <laughs> because i really want to like jj abrams and i want to like a lot of his films but I, I like a lot of his films, but yeah, you're right. There's somewhere just like, please, please stop. Or like, do it better. <laughs> <laughs> and then getting right into it. Uh, and you know what I really love about this opening? No dialogue. Oh, whatsoever. yeah. Uh, it's all visual and it's all atmosphere. Uh, and right away we can see like measurements with like a... Uh, um, with like a coat design and then we see you know our our main protagonist with uh of literally knocking over her picture of her her boyfriend or fiance or whatever and again all music mm-hmm. no sound no dialogue no nothing which i thought was just super interesting and it's, it's actually to the point where i really wish this movie just was its own thing you know i i mean i don't it is but it isn't (laughs) i i don't i don't as i say i i like the adding it to that universe and everything else adds a layer of complexity to it that i feel is kind of important uh i'm not saying it couldn't be its own thing but uh i I like Uh, that the the depth it adds to it when there's you know a bigger overarching thing going on now yeah you could have made that anything it didn't have to be tied in with you know that world but i think that there being a larger overarching event and that this just you know becomes a subset of that i think uh plays very well Mm-hmm. man mary elizabeth weinstein she's i you know i I've, is it pronounced you know, that way because there's not a knee i thought it was winstead Winstead, I could be wrong. Like, uh, and we got the ring. Um, I could be, I could be wrong. Honestly, uh, forgive me if I do butcher it because maybe there's some really hardcore fans out there. Like, it's this. It's this. like, I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, I, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just never heard it pronounced the way you're saying it. That's like I, 
thought it was Winstead. I could be wrong. Winstead, Winstead. It's probably Winstead. Honestly, I'm I'm terrible with names. But regardless, uh, I like I've seen her in several other things. I've seen her. You know, we've I all lo- seen her. In, I love the vistas uh, here. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen her in like you know Scott Pilgrim. We uh, I saw her recently and kind of liked her in Birds of Prey. You know the few scenes that she did. Um, but this I think is probably her best performance that I've seen her in. The uh, <laughs> Kelvin. Oh yes, the Kelvin uh, little J.J. Abrams thing. Yep. Uh, named after I believe it, it was his grandfather, who he had a real big connection to. I love the way that they like this. With how it's, cause it, you know what it actually kind of reminds me of with uh, the the pickup truck here, it actually kind of really reminds me of uh, Spielberg's du- uh, duel, the mm. with the uh, the truck driver that he made, yeah. <clears throat> uh, where you know you don't really see the driver, and it's more suggesting that the truck itself is a little bit more of the character. Right. Well, I mean, you, you have to kind of tie it together, but it's like it was a ver- it was an empty gas station, and it pulls up right behind her. Yeah. And I think right here we're about to get our first little bit of dialogue. Um, yep. So, do, you, do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, that's actually Bradley Cooper, man. Uh-huh. Nice little uh, treat for little, fans. Little voice cameo, which is cool. But again, I still love the fact that she does not herself does not speak. And uh, the director uh, uh, was really, really smart. And when she was talking earlier, it was all just consistently silent and all music. And I thought that was a lot more consistent because, you know, we can tune into her tone and her mood and her the emotion of the moment rather than the actual words themselves. I think the words themselves would be a little distracting for that moment. Yeah. And speak and speaking of which, the the director, uh, Dan, uh, I, I think I'm saying this correctly, uh, Dan Trottenberg, <coughs> um, this is his first movie. Oh, shit. Nice. I love that cut. The, the jarring mm-hmm. cuts to silence. But, uh, yeah, this is his first movie, uh, which is kind of amazing. I really... And apparently this is his only movie that he's made so far, or at least feature-length movie. He's done a couple short films, like uh, uh, he did a a short film uh, that was supposed to be based on the Portal video Mm. game series. Uh, And he's done some television. He did an episode of Black Mirror, and he did an episode of The Boys. But uh, I really hope... uh, Yeah, it's interesting that he hasn't uh, reapproached feature films because this really is quite a standout first film and yeah uh he can clearly handle the the long format so i would like to to see where he goes with it oh god that that sound of her the blood peeling off the pillow oh yeah uh but uh yeah well he he was supposed to be attached to a film adaptation of the uh the video game movie uncharted uh Hmm. but like literally last year he was he said he's he's out so uh, for whatever reason i forget well i mean uh, there's but, it's, it's so hard to find good adaptations being done of video game films and i could definitely see you know somebody being of a mindset of 
not wanting to uh, tempt fate that yeah. early. <laughs> yeah, we all thought we had it with Michael Fassbender and uh, uh, and Assassin's Creed, but nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really just hope whatever he does next is just as good as this because my god this just the setup of this movie is amazing and then of course you know it has to be a horror movie and uh her phone is it has either no i forget is it dead it's either got no reception or it's just straight up dead yeah i i don't remember it's been well, a, it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's been a while so since I've seen this, so... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I, again, I did see this earlier this year, but that's, this was uh, several months ago. Um, you have a poll right there, honey. <laughs> Honestly, I think she's just more in shock of the, the pain. Well, uh, uh, I think it's of the pain and the fact that she's tied up and doesn't know where she is. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> She does a, I mean, but I mean, she does such a good job in this entire opening sequence, of you know portraying the emotion, the the, the stress fear. and everything she's going through, yeah. and you know it's it's such a a wonderful delivery. It's very interesting when you see stuff like this and you're just like, how? Oh yeah, is, see? how is she, yeah how is she not getting more work? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, again, she was in Birds of Prey recently, right? Which, although she was kind of sidelined, which was you know, and she was played a little bit. That's a whole another. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a whole rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned like use the pole. You've got it. This is what I really love about this movie is that this character is not one of those ditzy dumb characters that you see in all these goddamn horror movies yeah she is smart as a matter of fact she's a lot smarter than uh led she's led to believe you know uh like because as a matter of fact there are times where she gets even ahead of the audience yeah uh which is really quite something like you know it's obviously going to be something shown later on um spoilers i guess I mean, of course, if you're watching it like this, why are you even watching it in the first place? You should just <laughs> stop the podcast and just watch this for yourself and then come back and like and subscribe, as always. <laughs> but yeah, no reception because apparently she's way deep down, although she doesn't know that yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, she's so smart. And that's what I love about this character and this movie. And then we get our first big reveal of the man himself. Oh, it's, he's so imposing. Man, I really love the fact that they still don't show his face. <laughs> oh. Man. 
man, dude, John Goodman. the hell was that again what you mean what he threw down yeah well, it was the was lock key? to the cuffs oh right okay oh it does really make you wonder why did he cuff her up in the first place well i think it's a matter of you're in a panic position like that you might hurt yourself right out the gate possibly yeah that's the you know that's the the thing about this movie it always just keeps you guessing like that But, dude, seriously, though, John Goodman, because I'm actually kind of hard-pressed to remember a, a time when John Goodman was this menacing. Mm. Or this, like, really intimidating, because, you I know, mean, he's played... Every I'm, he's played everything, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's other movies, but off the top of my head, you know, none are coming to mind. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he's had such a, a long and varied career that... Um, but it's also because it's a bit more nuanced than other ones. You know, not long ago, um, you know, he plays a lone shark kind of intimidating guy in... Uh, uh, in the gambler, you know, and he does a great right. job, but you know, it's a very different kind of character, like less menacing, more, um, just knowledgeable of how insane he is, I guess. Yep. Of course the dudes played like some really great comedy stuff too. Um, oh yeah. But and he's done some dramatic stuff too, uh, but I think this is the the point where he he really gets to shine uh, with his uh, with the in, the scary <laughs> level of scary he can be, and the drama behind it too. I love how all that worked there with the music cue and everything. It's like, yeah, he's not going to work on a schedule. Like, yep, you're you're not just going to get your one little plan, and he's just gonna operate but the fact that she thinks needed. about that well yeah you know i really can't stress enough because you know we've all been to those stupid horror movies with our friends where we're like why are you doing this don't go in there girl like you know and this movie is like no she's actually trying to be smart and resourceful yeah and this was really really smart having the fire uh-huh to get him to draw him in and then he can she can try to stab mm -hmm. of course but, again it runs the risk of this oh there's the alarm man this script is so good Yeah, I, well, it does such a good job. I mean, that whole sequence, like, it establishes her resourcefulness, her intelligence, also her dedication. The, the You know, she is not going to submit to this quietly. 
Yeah. And they still managed to, you know, put some uh, some a little extra twists and a few other cards up her sleeve for the later part of the movie. And I also love the fact that, you know, the one of the first things that we see on John Goodman is the pistol on his hip. Oh, yeah. You know, he would think he would have led with the whole the world ended right, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> but then again, it wouldn't make for as tense of a movie. Well, yeah. he's Well, because that's just it. It's like, yes, the world's ended, but he's also off his rocker. They're both true. Yes. You know, uh, when he mentioned this whole attack thing, uh, when he mentioned that, I'm li- I, I actually my gears, you know, my fanboy gears because I'd seen the first one mm-hmm. had, were the things that started turning. I'm like, oh shit, is this what? So because you know, minor spoilers for the first Cloverfield, like because uh, the found footage is actually presented as, you know, a government property is or the footage is now government property and whatnot uh and it's designated uh uh uh, recovered from uh clover uh, site cloverfield uh formerly known as central park because that's where the movie winds up um and uh during the end credit like you know at the end of the movie they essentially nuke midtown manhattan manhattan is gone in this universe and the footage that we've seen is the you know what we live in now where the uh the inter the quote-unquote interdimensional or alien giant monster thing uh has been nuked in the middle of downtown manhattan and then there's like a little easter egg at the very end where it's like help us it's still alive (laughs) and so you know when we come to this movie i'm like oh shit is this like after new york city and like now it's on the rampage again or there's like more of them or something because apparently like the first the cloverfield giant monster that you see uh it's not actually a fully grown monster it's actually an infant Hmm. yeah so you know it's basically characterized as this uh crazy or this this newborn that's getting shot at and tanks fired at it so it's scared it's alone and it's just going on a rampage i think they wanted to characterize it like this baby elephant that was going on a rampage (laughs) uh this uh, so uh yeah so i thought when he mentioned the attack i'm like oh shit is this like afternoon and it's totally not which was really disappointing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) oh and then of course now we have our third player uh, again i also really love how again it's primarily it's only like three cast members yeah um although sadly uh uh this character emmett played by john gallagher 
uh, John Gallagher Jr. Um, I hate to admit it. I just wish they developed his character a little bit more because he is the weakest link in this movie. I hate to say he is. And yeah. I, I, I am in agreement there. It's like there you kind of wanted a bit more there. I really want to see more of it because it, I, well, I mean, the movie itself isn't bad that way. It's just, uh, you almost kind of wanted it to be this very intimate game of cat and mouse between the two characters. But then again, at the same time, the way that it plays out, you kind of do need the third, but uh, this movie, what, what is it? This movie is like a, an hour and 40 minutes long. You could have made it, pumped it up to two hours. Give them, you know, 20 minutes or even 10, 15 minutes yeah. of extra screen time to build his character a little bit. I, I, that would be totally acceptable. So Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I would like to see more from him, but at the same time, I do think the pacing in this movie does tend to work as well. So I'm not sure where... I mean, yeah, but I mean, even, you know, five minutes to give a little more backstory or... Uh, on how Sympathy we got there. Yeah, just anything. Something. But yeah, there was always a missing ingredient. And I and I don't think it was, you know, this guy's uh performance that in inherited it, but uh there there was just a little one little ingredient missing. <laughs> but I do like the way that both that he's written and the way he's directed like you're not quite sure if he's like in this Stockholm syndrome kind of mindset yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that though like this is like oh there's somebody else like this is he's reaffirming this and it doesn't seem to be yeah the pendulum swings for john john goodman's character uh howard is nuts it's great <laughs> but i will say the the way he quite literally dominates each scene. oh yeah I mean, amazing, and, and it's what the you know it's perfect for the character. He's such a you know, and he's the actor who can do that. But that right there, it does so much to change the entire dynamic. Because like, oh, now it's not just me versus a crazy guy. There's somebody else here, and he's actually affirming that shit's gone sideways in the world. Yeah. VHS. Remember VHS kids? Good times. <laughs> okay. Man, he is just brutal. Yep. But I do love the uh, the set design for this movie. Oh yeah. Um, 
And apparently that's how they were able to get, because, you know, like, uh, when the first Cloverfield came out, the trailer dropped, and everyone's like, what the hell is this? Like, this is going to be amazing, and all that kind of shit. Uh, and apparently they shot that movie almost entirely in secret, and they were able to do it uh, in in this movie, too. And what's in, so ingenious is because this movie is limited to pretty much just one set and one location, exterior location, and only a couple other small uh, other places, you could see how you were able to totally get away with shooting this entire movie uh, in secret. <laughs> so unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> the rubber ducky. But yeah, no, seriously, this this set is really, uh, really kind of cool. Because um, one of the things that I was reminded of when I watched this, uh, did you ever see uh, the film uh, Don't Breathe with uh, Stephen Lang? Nah. It's it's not a bad horror movie. It's like if you go in knowing that you're going to see a horror B picture, uh, you'll be fairly satisfied. Like it's for me, it's like just because you know we're we're both fairly picky about our horror movies. But uh, um, it's one of those movies once you've watched, you'd be like, I could watch that again maybe in a couple of years, but that's about it. Um, but uh, the best thing about the film don't breathe is uh the cinematography and the sense of geography because it all takes place in this one old guy's house mm. um uh the the blind man as as it's as he's billed uh but the really coolest thing about the movie is it always is keeps the geometry and the uh the floor plan of the house in mind and paying it off in unexpected ways interesting yeah, and kind I was of kind of reminded me of this. conceptually of uh, Wait Until Dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I haven't seen that, but uh, I, I'd heard uh, a few things about that, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, because like, I, I especially love that one shot where you just get to see the entirety of the bunker. Because... Mm -hmm. um, uh, again, when you're doing confined spaces, when you're doing the pretty much the entire movie takes place in a confined space like this, uh, you really have to be in mind of your geography, of where everything is, and if you really know how to play uh, pay uh, play around with it, you can have those settings and the geography of each individual scene pay off in really cool and clever and unexpected ways. Uh, I don't think this movie quite did that as as well as uh, 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 Don't Breathe, but nevertheless, the fact that they still took advantage of the 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 full the whole you know one location, everything is set in this place and whatnot. Yeah, uh, was really really cool. 
and I love his annoyance that like I keep he has I don't, to well not just that but like that he's as as he says like uh-huh. closest I can get to an airlock like he doesn't have a full airlock and so even this is something of a risk yeah <laughs> and that's where he's oh man the way they build that man where they yep. suggest and did he ah uh... and you know what the weird thing is like as soon as that happened i'm like because uh, 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 now I'm starting to ask questions. Because because uh, when when you know they suggested that he might have been the one to have rammed her off the road. Now I'm like, okay, fuck whatever's going on outside. Now I am totally invested. Right. In what's going on in here? Uh, but the only weird thing that, uh, or, or the only other thing that uh, kind of changed things here. I'm like, now I'm starting to ask myself, did he bring these two down there? to become like his own at personal Adam and Eve and he's yeah, like gonna knows? play God or shit like it is so bizarre but you know and I'm actually kind of glad that it didn't pay off in that way because I feel yeah, like oh it, for sure it, it, it's one of those things where like you know sometimes you know you can get ahead of a movie and you still get satisfied but uh, with something as dramatic and tense and where twists and turns, you want twists and turns that you aren't expecting, I'm actually glad that I was proven wrong. Yeah, although I will say, I haven't revisited this movie in some time, and I mean, he obviously has like this crazy bunker for himself, but uh, if I remember correctly, you know, from the timeline of when he was building this, he was working on this bunker when he still had, you know, a family. Yeah. And so I'm more puzzled by the design, the fact that it's like, shouldn't there be a full developed done second room? Like Yeah, yeah. Like that's a little on the odd side for me. Like, hmm. It is weird. It is very weird. Well, apparently there's like a, a featurette where you can actually see not only the map of the bunker. But you can also see a timeline of the uh, construction. And so apparently, okay, so the timeline is in 92, Howard and his pregnant wife moved into the farmhouse. By 93, uh, when his daughter was, was six months old, Howard built the airlock, the main exit staircase, the mud porch, the bedroom, the bathroom, um, and the original second escape. Uh, and then by 99, uh, Megan was six years old. He had built the main space, the kitchen, the generator room, second bathroom. Uh, and then by 2008, when Megan was 15, he added the generator room, uh, which connects the second escape where she, uh, you know, where later on she finds the bloody earrings and, you know, uh, and, <clears throat> and then in 2010, Howard's wife and 17 year old daughter left him probably because he was getting fucking crazy. Uh, and then in 2012, uh, it, that's when uh, uh, the abduction of Brittany, or in Howard's words, Megan Prime, 
uh, where apparently sh- he's trying to get his daughter back in his own twisted way. And then the timeline concludes with the 2015, w- in the year 2015, where now Megan is 22 and in college. Uh, and then obviously this movie was released in 2016, so obviously this was like a year later. Yeah. Crazy history. <laughs> and you know what the best part is? All of that shit that I just said, the fact that I don't know that and I'm still inve- super invested in this movie, such a good compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact, though, that it's like, I mean, while you want more story about him and his background, you know, the fact that's like, he was like, I want in this bunker because he's the only guy I know with a bunker. Like, that yeah. really establishes an important realism and dynamic about what's going on yes yes i mean well seriously if uh you know if like you know fucking trump just pushes the nuke button and you happen to know someone who has like a fallout shelter like this of course you're gonna clamber towards it you know like who wouldn't as a matter of fact like you know in my because you know i I have too much imagination and too much free time on my own uh my own stance but um if i ever got like if i ever got a genie in a bottle and i was able to just get like my own dream house i would totally have a bunker just kind of like this although with uh, a little bit less creepy and a little bit more uh uh personal space i mean like i'm i'm all for having a basement bunker thing whatever if that's your jam um but you know i i don't i'm also one of those people who's like you know what if the world goes up just send me with it hmm. i'm kind of like i i don't necessarily know that i want to deal with the insane fallout of massive years of instability and uncertainty and all that well yeah Yeah. but it's more like you know it's like the the anarchy that follows with without any level of order semblance or or whatever it's like yeah i don't know that i want to deal with that in this country i know too many crazies (laughs) plus uh we've all i'm I'm pretty sure we're all at least familiar in some way uh with uh with fallout (laughs) right (laughs) so who really, really wants to deal with that? Am I right? <laughs> Man, he... wow okay weird flex but okay it's he he is the one person trying to like oh we're fine it's normal and everyone else is just like i mean john goodman hates him and just wants him to shut up and she is so much like i don't understand how you're just accepting this what the fuck 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm glad that you know, went away. You probably, yeah, you probably shouldn't be, you know, spout, like spouting your stupid millennial lingo to this very disturbed boomer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the whole whole point of this movie that I love so much. Is like, he's not wrong. He's crazy, but he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and that's the most disturbing part, is that the crazy person in the room actually has points. And if he if the crazy person has points, what does that make you? Oh, jeez. You know the scary part is he totally speaks for Michelle yeah. without even considering bit a bit uh. I love the fact oh, that man. you know this show that Jeez. she is constantly checking the angle she is trying to figure out like how do I make things play to what I need it to be Yeah like how do i get out of here where where are where are the tools i need where are they located what do things look like i hate monopoly personally <laughs> i have become more tolerant of it since i have learned uh the actual rules and do not let people differ or use house rules, it actually makes it go fairly quickly. See, I just really don't like it because I know the full history behind the game and just how how it reminds me every day that our, and if I may be so preachy for just a second, how capitalism has ruined us all. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, ever since then, I'm just like, I can't, I can't. Because, like, you know, when you start, especially when you start losing, you're like, this is too real, and I'm starting to get PTSD here. Can we stop? <laughs> like, let's play Sorry instead. Well, that, that escalated really quickly. 
Man, you know, that's the other scary part. Like It's like you said, John Goodman's yeah. character is correct. Uh, he is has he does have points, but he's but also he's, completely batshit crazy. Yeah, he's off his rocker. And but the scariest part, the scariest part about that combination, is that he's just as smart as she is. Oh yeah, that's the really because she saw right through her little plan with the pepper spray, but oh shit, she got her keys. Yup. Man, this movie's good. <laughs> and he, and you know, but you know, what would be the most hor- the the worst part is that he doesn't notice right now. Oh shit! What are you gonna do? I do like the use of close up in this movie. They do it really yes. well. Yeah, uh, I, I think I remember on the study of. Uh, um, uh, close-ups uh david fincher was always one who said you have to be very careful about your close-ups because anytime you cut to a close-up you have to go look at this this is important and if you overuse it you uh you tend oh jesus yeah you tend but you tend to but you tend to lose the gravity of those things unless you know how to do it like a master uh you know like uh like dem did for like silence of the lambs in his movies i mean he was the master of the close-up but he knew how to do it in every aspect to make it work i mean if they're done right you can do them with regularity and make it work but if they're done wrong it is a waste of effort yeah and a waste of film yeah. Oh, Jesus. Come on, you can do it. And now we have an outsider. Seems so great. Oh man, dude. That's when you're like, oh shit. Like yeah. this, it's like he like his, you know, as soon as you you know you saw the slaughtered pigs and you're like, oh, this is real, and then it just takes you back because you saw his her his truck with the blood smear and she's like, oh, it's fake. He's fake. He's lying. Yeah. And then you see this woman. Oh, it's shit. It's real. And you're like, ah, but in some the, of the good ways. The, the truck was not the blood smear. The truck was the paint smear from her yeah, red that's car. Right. The the paint smear. My bad. But. Yeah, dude. Like, it, but the fact that the pendulum of trust switches so delightfully back yeah. and forth. Well, it's, it's this. Jesus Christ! It's this, but that's just it. It's like he's nuts, but outside is all is like literally the apocalypse. It's a terrible, rock in a hard place situation, and mm-hmm. the way they just. 
you knew that tension had to be broken. Like she had to make her attempt, but then bringing the reality in, it's just like, oh. And what a good way for her to have that reality crash down, but she's not exposed herself. Right. You know, because, you know, if she went out, she actually did make it out the door and there was no car or anything. Uh, she would have been exposed and the movie would have been over. Mm-hmm. And but now we have like, you know, we, we're only what we're 40. We're 43 minutes. We have a full hour left of movie. How delightful is that? And even worse is the fact that, you know, now he's. And again, now we have the trust thing going uh, swinging back to the good side. Now we totally feel sympathy for the guy, and we know we right. shouldn't. Like, dude, for real, did we not see that interruption? That, like, good lord. Uh, that's just why this movie works so well, though. It's like, you know, they, it it moves around. Uh, you know, it, it constantly keeps you guessing and changes the status quo. And it's never great, but it's also like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's the worst part about uh, the best and worst part about it is that because it 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 keeps you in that awful sense of tension because everything that's said feels plausible. Yeah. The plausibility and that level of verisimilitude is it, it's aching, but in literally the best way. And I love the fact that literally that scene, uh, John Goodman is so, it really shows off how good he is, um, is that <laughs> he actually makes you so freaking, uh, he actually makes you sympathize for him. And he actually yeah. makes you feel a little guilty for like, you know, when, cause you know, when she hits him over the head with that, that, uh, that beer bottle, uh, you're like, yeah, bitch, get going, get out of there, go! Like, you're rooting for her, but mm -hmm. now, like, after that scene, John Goodman plays it so well that you actually like, I'm so sorry, John Goodman. <laughs> well, he <laughs> plays it very well, but at the same time, it's like, you still get the impression, like, okay, he's... He, he, he's nuts. Like, <laughs> he's, he, there's a, a level of sympathy in, in some regards to... Um, it, you know, it's That's just like, cool. <laughs> that was so, such a good idea. <laughs> 
I do love that thing. He's like, I said I brewed it. I didn't say it was actually distilled. I didn't say anything good about this. <laughs> I didn't say it tastes good. <laughs> Probably should have uh, stocked up on some Tennessee whiskey. Oh, man. Those curved needles always are such a weird thing to, to see. Ugh. Good makeup, but man, does it make for some really good. And that's another thing that I really love about some horror movies doing is that they take the mundane things and turn them into really horrific things. Like something that the ex the uh, the the original Exorcist was very good at making those medical procedures mm -hmm. super cringy and excruciating to watch. Yeah. Um. And I, because I, because I, I, I think medical horror is kind of an underrated art. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a there's a lot to be done there, and you know when when it's approached appropriately, it can really just put you on edge, which is you know what the goal of a horror film is. I wish I had a few more uh, nurse and doctor friends to give me. Give me some really good inspiration for some horror stories. Well, I think a lot of it, I mean, just playing with the idea of Anastasia and then, yeah, uh, you know, consciousness, unconsciousness, what procedures, things of that nature. It's like there's a yeah, lot of ways to, to play with that. That kind of reminds me of that one movie with uh, uh, Hayden Christensen. I think it was uh, called Awake. Where he's supposed to be under, uh, under for a procedure, but he's actually co fully conscious the whole time. But like can't and, move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard it wasn't that great of a movie, but yeah, I mean, great it's concept a, it, though. Yeah, it's great concept, but yep. I, uh, I actually, I know an anesthesiologist, and I've told him if I am ever having a procedure and he walks in, I'm demanding another one because he'll probably kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I look, I love you, buddy, but not enough to fix me up. <laughs> He's a former co-worker, and let's just say there were a lot of shenanigans at that job. <laughs> <laughs> I knew him when he was getting certified to be an anesthesiologist, and mm, I, I, I sent him around the bed a few times. <laughs> Man, I could never stay in one spot. Uh, for the rest of my life because I grew up in the outer Chicago land like the outer 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 Chicago suburbs and let me tell you it's boring <laughs> oh yeah I mean I grew up in in San Diego and then got moved to Ohio it's like my wanderlust wow you got downgraded <laughs> yeah my wanderlust <laughs> has been there forever because it's like I grew up with the ability to, you know, go into museums and beaches and just all sorts of, you know, cultural things and beautiful vistas. And now it's like, oh, I'm in suburbia in Ohio. No, 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 no. Yeah. Ever think about going back? Yeah, except for the fact that the housing market exploded and it's way too expensive. I'm not That's looking very to true. more go overseas. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it must have been really fun for you around July. With Comic-Con being, like, right around the corner. 
Well, I moved here when I was 11, so it's like uh, Comic-Con was, was in its young infancy, and my comic collecting days were also in their young infancy, so. <sighs> Missed out on that. Oh, well. Yeah, you can just follow his device. Buy the next ticket or the or the one after that. Ne- next opportunity, if there is ever one, considering if we ever get out of lockdown. <laughs> right. I love the way they played this year with the color schemes, though, and the, you know, both against yeah, the, the wall, both back and forth, opposite sides, you know, showing, yep. you know. Good screen direction. Really good. Yeah. Also, very mercifully, there's almost no music in this movie. Like, there's only music in some of the extremely tense scenes uh, and, you know, when the action set pieces come around or what, you know, qualifies as an action set piece in a movie like this. Not knocking it, just like it's it's a different kind of action. Mm Mm-hmm. And she, I, I know I keep saying this, and I know I keep uh, uh, repeating myself, but she, she really should have deserved a little, uh, a little bit more recognition for this role. Oh yeah, and you know you were just talking about music. What a great use of a song for for this kind of movie. Yeah, see, this is the, this is I think this movie was like where things got really real for me because. Again, I watched first watched this in quarantine, and I'm like, "Oh man, those quarantine feels right here." <laughs> like, you know, doing puzzles, checking, you know, redecorating, right. recleaning, uh, cook, doing lots of cooking. <laughs> like, oh uh, yeah, and watching movies on the couch. <laughs> Can- Cannibal Airlines. Boy, okay. that needs to. Apparently that, that, that's uh that's uh like little in joke from what I understand. Uh-huh. Apparently that's uh one of the various fake cassette tapes that is hung hangs around the uh, bad robot offices. Huh. But they have a collection of fake cassette tapes they've they've made like fake movies from whatever, and that's one of them, and they just used it for this movie. Huh. Interesting, because I'm like, 
man, I, I don't think I've heard of that one, but I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and this is the part where we kind of figure out what those drawings were supposed to be. Because she was into fashion design and designing clothes, which pays off in such a brilliant way in the third act, man. I really can't stress. Yeah. Because like I, it took it even took me a while for to figure out exactly what the hell to do in this kind of a situation. Oh yeah, I mean that's just it. It's like how do you deal with whatever this is. Could it be? Great sound design here. I know. You're like, it's like, you're like, is it helicopters or is it something else? And here's where you're, where the, uh, the tinfoil hat comes on. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Because like, look, I know this is connected to this other movie, but you know, by the time, like, really, by the time we've gotten to this point, I'm like, I really don't care how it's connected to the other one. I'm just concerned how grounded and real this this movie is. Yeah. So and what I starts... love at this point too, though, is like, they clearly show his his cut and that's a great thing because it's it's a good way to show the passage of time yes but what's the but it's just so great because when he starts talking about you know interdimensional beings and these sort of things it's like okay now you're fucking crazy oh yeah well we (laughs) knew he was crazy but it's a matter of like how crazy as john goodman states many times i'm a big old panda bear <laughs> yes, I love that little pause there. It's like, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Got to double check it. Man, he just brings such wonderful little nuances to it. Oh yeah, I, I mean that he is such a nuanced actor. I, I mean, he is a national treasure. Yes, he I have is. never seen him deliver a performance that was bad. Even like whether it's a, a character role, a bit role, a lead, like whatever I've seen him do, he's always done a good job. Totally, totally. And he, he, again, he like it's kind of like the what I call the Schwarzenegger effect. Even in the worst of movies, he's still the best thing about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I've watched plenty of bad movies that I've watched because there was a good actor in it, and I just wanted to see that person, you know, do what they do. So. Hmm. Hmm. 
But yeah, this kind of reminds. This is the point where I was like really reminded of uh, uh, "Don't Breathe" and the geometry of space in a horror movie and how that can play off in unexpected ways. This one's a little bit more by the numbers. "Don't Breathe" plays it in more unexpected ways that you wouldn't be able to probably mm -hmm. uh, predict. Uh, but this one still does the job pretty well because uh, now we have this second escape room with the air filtration and the fact that she's the only one who can get into it is uh, is kind of a really cool deal. Also really love the, uh, the, the color design of the bulbs yeah. in here. It's got a, it, it kind of, it almost does kind of make me think of uh, uh, Ellen Ripley. And the, you know, kind of a claustrophobic horror setting. Now we have the second escape. And the fact that he failed to mention that just puts you a little in unease. But if you thought it that was uneasy it was uh this little bit right here where, oh yeah uh, this is this is great you got a lock but most importantly are the fingernail scratches and uh, they are not uh, from the outside they're from the inside Help. <laughs> yeah, it would have been one thing if it was uh, from the outside. Yeah, but, but I the mean... The fact that she touched it, and there's that little extra sensual feeling about it, uh, and the fact that it's written backwards so someone mm -hmm. from the outside could comprehensibly read it. And then, of course, another little clue. The earring. Technically, he didn't. <laughs> what he did was far worse. Although I will say it's the blood is surprisingly fresh. Right, but this. Yeah, this was super this was super freaky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Abduction. Things just went from, like, we knew he's nuts, to He is full-blown, like, off-the-rails, murdering psycho. And that just brings you another thing. Because it's all from their perspective, you still have to wonder... Is there still some missing element here that we're not getting? Right. Is that can this be explained? May, most likely not. But 
Oh, shit. But also the worry, they're both now in his private space. And, like, this is a great, you know, I said there's not much music, but here's a great music cue. Yep. Like, they know they need to get out. Like, they're... And now, and now a time come where they have to figure out what the hell to do. <laughs> Confess to who? Seriously. Mm. Dude, at this point, just take his gun and pop him in the head. And just live out whatever apocalypse is going on up there. <laughs> and the fact that he the blocking is really good here because he literally <laughs> interjects in between the two of them and subverts the uh and subverts the uh, the, the drama with a little bit of comedy i love that when they they had that moment in the trailer of him bopping in front of it like <laughs> And like it always sticks with me like that shot that moment like i will remember that from this movie like forever and now i like the fact that the gears are kind of turning in her head with the curtain This was such a smart move because this is something that only this character would be smart, smart enough to think of um, where she actually invents a hazmat suit. That's so resourceful and so awesome. Like I, I, I really wish I could articulate just how glad I am that the characters are not just as smart as the audience, but just that much smarter. Yeah. You know? Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, yeah, that's the whole reason why. Uh, you know what I really love about this framing here? Is that even though uh, uh, Emmett's the one in focus, the fact that we constantly shift our eyes straight to uh, Howard. Yeah. And his performance. Because we know he's like, he suspects something. Yeah, he's 
he's well, he's very paranoid. Uh, but it's like he's paranoid it's about warranted, s- right? But he's paranoid about several things. So. Oh, a really smart idea to get him to toss the shower curtain and they bring it back up. And also, what a clever idea to have that stupid ducky <laughs> um, in a raincoat that gives her the idea. Because it was yeah. the raincoat I, that she was like, ooh, I can make a hazmat suit. Well, and it's stuff like that that, you know, you all, like, it's, mo- it's so appreciated that you're going to love more than other stuff. Because, like, you you have to like it when a movie doesn't waste, um, you know, its environment where everything is so intentional. Like, there's so many films you see out there where it's, like, a lot of it's not really intentional or it's just, like, that's just there. I really it's the, like it's chess piece storytelling, you know, where yeah. it's something that's like, oh, that's an interesting thing, and then they just don't think of it, and therefore, oh, you don't th- don't think that we, the audience, aren't going to not think of it later on. We totally are. Yeah, we know lo- that's a a piece. Yeah, I love when they, you know, put all those little things together like that and really use an environment, and using you know what little that they have to to solve a particular problem yeah seriously though guys like you really shouldn't try to just capture them you really should just straight up kill them at this point yeah if i if that were me that's the one thing that i would probably do because i'm not taking any chances with this guy no, where I'm, where I'm fairly, but I'm fairly certain that I'm dealing with somebody who has murdered somebody else. It's like, nope. First and foremost is getting you out of the picture, no longer being a threat. Yeah. And this scene is such a really good little bit to write in there. this scene is so geniusly uh tense oh yeah i love that the way that they write he's like i'm watching you i know (laughs) what you're doing and he's like oh shit does he know and ah god i really wish that this this is so good. Yeah, it, they, they play it really, really well here. This, I feel like, was part of the original script. And they're like, this is really smart. This is really tense. We can make this work, and we're not touching this scene worth a day. I really want to read the, uh, see if I can dig up the, uh, the original script for the, the seller, the one that they originally wrote before they did a couple of rewrites. Um and see just how close it was because you know yeah oh this is so good oh. and she diffuses it perfectly 
<laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and the worst part is now you're like, oh shit, did he just give us away? Right. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> so it just it plays so well. It's just like, ah oh, man. So ah, oh, someone earned their money when they wrote that. I just again, I just really need to get my hands on a copy of the of the original type uh, script. Yeah. Uh, although what? you know what's interesting on who doctored the script? No. Damien Chazelle. Uh, um, if you don't, uh, he he did uh, 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 what was it? He did La La Land. He did Whiplash. Oh, okay. Um, and he also worked on first. He also did First Man. Uh, but and the only reason he was actually supposed to direct this movie. Uh, the only reason why he didn't is because, you know, he made a short film for Whiplash uh, with J.K. Simmons. Like, it was originally a short film, and then it someone picked it up and, like, we're going to make this a feature film with J.K. Simmons attached. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck it, I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he stepped down from this, and he just is credited as a, a, a script writer. Um, but he was supposed to direct this, and it would have been interesting to see where, where that went. Um but regardless, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, Dan uh, Trottenberg does a really good job here. Oh, shit. See, now, when he brought this out, I'm like, oh, fuck. Because... Right. Have you, because have you, you've seen Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've seen how, like, in that, uh, the first early episodes yeah. where they're like, how do we get rid of the bodies? Like, let's put them in acid. Right. And I saw this and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This is so, this is not good. And I knew right there and then someone was going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, shit. Noble, but stupid. If it weren't for the open barrel of acid, I'd say they should have just rushed him right there and then. Right. 
silence. Oh, hell. Yep. (laughs) The movie just keeps ratcheting up. (laughs) Yep. Really good sound design, too. Because it's not just the shock of the moment, but it's that numbing effect where if, you know, because if you've ever fired a weapon Mm -hmm. in close proximity and in close spaces without hearing protection... Your yep. will go deaf and numb. So that numbing effect isn't just from the shock of the moment, but also practical. Mm-hmm. Every uh, the fact when you know movies do double duty work for this to convey a message or a mood or a feeling. I just appreciate it so much more. Yeah, and one of the things I really liked um, about you know the the way this this whole sequence has been going. I like that that game, you know, not only showed the paranoia, but that really showed his misconception. It's like he's not, it's like he definitely is, um, you know, dangerous and off the rails, but it's like he's not a predator as in like, I'm trying to kidnap somebody for a wife. He's like in this psycho parent role and... I think that's an important distinction, and I like the fact that, you know, because that's a different route they go than a lot of typical crazies they show in movies. Yeah, yeah. And I Uh, thought that was such an important establishing scene, and, you know, how it even goes afterwards. He's trying to comfort her like you and a daughter, and here you are with the ice cream. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, uh, that's because you're totally right and if this was you know just another stock uh um horror movie he would try he would be a little perverse he would yeah there would be a, a sexual thing going on but there is totally not and that's so goddamn refreshing yeah uh, and, uh, ref- and the shift here where he has shaved yeah like he has literally cleansed himself of the murder Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, man. But yeah, dude, it's just the um like refreshing is probably the most is probably the best word for this movie because Yeah. It, it it does so much wonderful Hitchcockian things that you just don't see, especially, you know, in today's atmosphere of horror movies because you see a lot a lot of crap uh i mean it was re- really like you know growing up i wasn't really much into horror films because i was you know a big whole pussy about it <laughs> <laughs> um but you know by the time i got to high school and i started looking at some of the classics i had a new appreciation for it and you know going out with my friends in high school and whatnot and we wanted to go see some horror movies and horror movies at each other's places and whatnot uh you know especially around halloween time and honestly you know a lot of them just didn't do it for me and especially the recent ones like you know the strangers and mm-hmm. you know shit like that. it's just like it feels so unearned and so bland so when a movie like this comes out especially in this atmosphere of cheap you know forgettable horror uh it's so good, and I love that shot where the uh, where the screw is very loose. Yep. 
and it is able to cut back to this. Oh, shit. And you know the other really good thing is uh, the, the other movie doesn't uh, uh, linger for too long, you know? Like, uh, this movie could have been, like, either one or one of the other, because it's such a game of cat and mouse. The fact yeah. that uh, uh, it doesn't overly play on that, like, it's like, oh, my God, why can't you figure out what one another is doing already? You know, it doesn't waste any time for that. Oh, Jesus. And <laughs> I love that delivery. He's like, oh, yep. shit, you're the one who's responsible. You're the one who's been betraying me and I killed Emmett for nothing. Oh, you're going to die now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God, can you imagine the smell of that? Oh God! Yeah. I don't want to think about that, especially in a closed enclosed place. Oh shit! Yep, <laughs> I love I love that moment. It was such a such a badass power play. Oh God! Oh, the what sounds. a rough way to go. Well, he's still not going yet, but then this happens, and you're like, "Oh, man!" And the fact that it feels scientifically correct—you know—that's the other thing. Like, you know, we always seen, you know, in like Die Hard, where he lights the cigarette and on the uh, the airline, and it actually catches up to the plane and blows up stupid and impractical but it's cool movie where this actually like no let's keep it grounded and let's keep it kind of kind of straight uh and it totally works in that manner you know it still manages to work thematically even being grounded yeah oh no not the table not the antique family heirloom table <laughs> And I love this. Like, I don't know if the reference is intentional, but it feels Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah. Yep. And now there's, and now with the bunker on fire, there's, there's only one way out. But the work, and then we remember this part where you're like, you look down and you see where he was originally, like right. looking up, checking up on him. And now she's checking up on him. Oh, shit. And the, his delivery <laughs> right there. Just... I know. So scary. <laughs> Although, you know, I did wonder. Uh, it might have been because the gun got damaged when he fell over. But why doesn't he just, like, use the gun to... Yeah. To... But that... I, I just wish that they had that one close-up of, like, the gun getting fried or something, you know? Just to establish why he wouldn't use that. Because he only used the one shot. Oh, God. The makeup is so scary. Ah! I, uh, I mean, it's... it's Yeah, the makeup's scary. And, but the way she does that, even though it's such a short shot, 
the the sound design of just hearing yeah. like that the, wrist go it's like the oh burn, the flesh tearing like uh, i know as a, like a guy who's done foley work in the past like those are always the most fun because you can get really crazy and nasty and fun yeah, using the duct tape to seal the suit in. Yep, like you got to move it, quick, man. Yeah, I mean the place is burning. You got smoke issues. Like you on a timetable. <laughs> Yarp. And also because, like you know, I love how they even set up that you know, you can he she learned how to build her and fil make a filter for her mask. Yeah. Uh, and use the, the freezing trick. Like, it's shit that she picked up on. God, this movie's so smart and awesome. Come on, you can do it. Though I really do, because th while this does seem scientifically plausible, I do want to... I really wish Mythbusters were still around, because I'd love to see them tackle this myth. Uh, it is scientifically possible, but for something of that nature, you'd probably actually need a couple bottles. Yeah, I kind of figured she wouldn't be able to get out with just the one, especially in an atmosphere of smoke. Uh, yeah. And plus, she'd probably need a hammer along with it and not just bash the can, you know. But regardless, still makes for a really fun movie. And the fact that they keep it within the realms of plausibility yeah, makes it uh, makes it really cool and entertaining. And I do love this this little bit here where she fi we're finally for the first time outside and everything seems quiet and normal maybe we're out in the middle of nowhere we don't know only one way to go but at the same time she's you know she's she's seen stuff you know yeah like. <laughs> so you really can't be sure and i love the the even the uh, the the car from the woman is still there Although, uh, I really do wonder what happened to the woman herself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. But this is also, I mean, the, the duct tape on her, like, her the smart that she has. Of, yeah, like... but... <laughs> and I do love the, uh, the, 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 the inside the helmet kind of yeah. shots. I feel like uh, 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 he was taking a few notes after watching Gravity. Mm. You know? Because I know that came out like a couple of years earlier, and I bet he saw that and he's like, I'm going to do that shot. I'm going to make it really crazy. And plus, it's a, another really great way to change up your sound design. Because when you switch to the interior, you have that, you know, the, the, the breathing inside the suit, which is makes it so much more intimate. I love this and moment. It's like, okay, there's birds. So something like, this can't be completely have gone to hell. There's birds. Yeah. Also, I'm still alive, and there was a leak in my suit. Could this be something that's slow acting? It's not instantaneous. Only one way to find out. I've gone through all this, but let's see. And you hear, and then again, the sound design, so good. Where you can hear the birds, and you can hear the cicadas and the bugs and the wildlife and you're like holy shit it was all fake 
Oh, man. But no, then you hear it. Yeah. You can hear that worrying in the background, like something's going on. And when you see it, okay, so now we're getting to the point where this could real this can go one way or another for viewers. It can go like the same way where she where her reaction, like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Or it's like, oh, okay, I'll go with this. Where's this going? How did, because, and since you had like almost no expectations, what was your reaction to this? Oh, I mean, the I was all right alien. with it. Oh, shit. Well, looks like that bunker's gone. Yup. It's really gone now. <laughs> yup. Well, at least you don't have to worry about Howard no more, but now we got a bigger problem. And that's fucking aliens. And I actually do love her delivery on this, where she looks and she's like, Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> she's like, Oh shit, those are aliens. The tentacle things. <laughs> yeah like you've got to be kidding me he was right this whole time like what this is some bullshit i just fought my way out of a fucking bunker with a nightmarish maniac like now i gotta face aliens you gotta be joking we'll admit it got a little dark uh, uh dark kind of fast yeah oh, oopsie although i mean she was out at sunset and you know the, depending on the depending yeah. on the time of year when the sun actually finally goes behind the horizon it can be a substantial change so yeah but yeah i agree with you it did get dark really quick movie uh movie uh, uh sunsets are a weird animal they either last forever <laughs> or they last no time at all and they just go straight to night but this is super spooky with little a la children of the corn <laughs> and i think this is where the uh the mystery box element of jj abram came in where you don't actually see the thing you just kind of it's more implied and but i think it works here really like the sound of the the beings oh there's the woman uh-huh oh they showed her earlier in there like yeah that's right i guess i missed that but whatever yeah they showed her like desiccated hand with the rings on it Mm-hmm. you know i still remember watching this for the first time i'm like oh so this is where they're gonna tie in the first movie where they're gonna have like creatures that look kind of similar but the funny thing is for what the little of the uh, the creatures that we see uh oh god that's so creepy 
Right. Uh, but for what little we do see of the creatures, none of the designs are consistent with the first movie. So I'm like, outside of the title, how is there any semblance to the first one? Yeah, see, I never saw the first one, so I had no indication that, like... Well, at least you have that benefit. Uh, yeah, which... like, I was like, oh, okay, it's a creature. I know the first one dealt with creatures. Okay. Yeah, this franchise uh, has the unfortunate thing where uh, you become uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny trying to connect the dots and get lost in the madness of it, when really they should just focus on producing these amazing, you know, thrillers that take place in their own rules. I do love this, though. For a second there, I'm like, oh shit, was Howard part with the aliens or something? And it's like, oh no, it's just the. And now she sees the, the gas background. and she is like, I need that mask, I need that mask, I need that mask. Oh, fucking hell. Get it on, get it on. Get it in, get it in. Tuck it in. <laughs> God. Who made it? Oh, I guess that gas is flammable. Oh, that's not good. Oh shit! Vicious attack dog. Who? I'm a vicious attack dog that eats. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know what I also just noticed? Um, in this, because, you know, you know, usually with these movies, you have, like, uh, the main female actress is usually, like, turned into, like, a screen queen. Yeah. It's amazing how little this, uh, like, this character actually screams considering all the circumstances she's yeah. going through i do find it a little odd that they had the wipers going when she never got the car on but that's just me yeah however i will say this this was really really smart uh i feel like uh, again kind of stealing from another uh science fiction movie with aliens uh i feel like this was kind of ripped off of um uh, War Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, where they're like, "I'm not gonna explode it from. Uh, I can even take it out from the inside with an explosive." Right. <laughs> but instead of using a hand grenade, we're gonna use a Molotov cocktail. But it's still really cool, especially. Uh... Man, she is tough. Open. Say ah. I said I made it. I didn't say anything good about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> In any cheesy action movie, that would have been the appropriate line to pay off for later. <laughs> but yeah, man, she takes out an alien shit. What a badass. Right. It's just like every step of the way, it's just like she's on top of it. Even though it's like she doesn't want to be dealing with any of this shit. She's just like. It's all fuck. <laughs> I know. She's like, come on, man. 
I really wish this movie got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more attention, a little bit more praise, especially for uh, Mar- uh, Mary Elizabeth. Because, well, what I really want to know, honestly, is apparently she was their only choice for this role. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know what did you see? What of her other work did you see that you were like, this is our, this is our character. I mean, this is who we need. Maybe she was a friend of someone or one of the producers or something. And like, who knows? I mean, don't worry, I like her work. I like what I've seen her do. But I'm like, yeah. man, what else, Like, what movie did you see where you're like, she's the one who can pull this off? Like, we gotta have her. Because she was in, you know, she's been in a couple other. Yep, there's our title. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, she's been in a couple other horror movies like Final Destination, Black Christmas, and. Uh, uh, she also was in the thing, the remake. Mm. Uh, so maybe I haven't actually seen any of those personally. Uh, I skipped out on Black Christmas because again, I was just so turned off by horror movies these these days. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of modern uh, horror films don't do it for me. But and the thing re- being remade, I'm like, come on, that's the last movie that needs a remake. So I kind of skipped out on that, even though it's supposed to technically be a prequel, but. It might be her performance in one of those, so I guess I'd have to get uh, check those out. Um. <laughs> and now I love that she comes to a literal crossroads to help out people, yep. or to to keep going on in her journey, her original journey. <laughs> and, and i actually know, love this and, and you just know what she's thinking she's like i have stitched a dude up i have blowed up an alien i, I got this <laughs> also it brings back that whole story where she's like i ran away and i regret it for the rest of my life and uh, you know that she's following through that character arc and then we get our final shot which is so intimidating. And then it ends, and I'm like, wait, no, I want to see more. <laughs> and that's Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and probably the best of the uh, the, the three Cloverfield movies out. Again, I really... So only one I've seen, but I quite like it, so... Uh, yeah, man, and uh, what a, and what a, a, de- a film debut for um, Dan Tottenberg, man. Throttenberg? Yeah. I, I, I I really hope I'm not butchering his name because he, the dude really, really deserves some more <laughs> movies thrown his way, uh, especially if he can get into the writer uh, bit because, man, what good performances and what good atmosphere. Uh, yeah, for sure. Just it's – I can't believe he, you know, doesn't have, you know, more going for him at the moment with just like – you know, it's like you you did that. Like, how are you, how have you not? And this just... was only four years ago, man. Like, you yeah. should have gotten at least one more under your belt by now. Um, but you know, like, film filmmaking oh. is weird and whatnot. But what's up? Oh, that's actually really good news for him. What's that? So, he did episode one of season one of The Boys. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that. You mentioned he did an episode of The Boys. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to television, 
uh, when you are like the, the director, when you start a series like that, yeah, uh, you kind of help set the tone. And usually if you're the first person directing on a show, uh, typically if it then gets picked up, you end up getting residuals thereafter. Oh. So if, if he had the right kind of contract, that that could actually be a very good uh, thing for his career. Yeah, I don't man, know if, if that was the case, but I do know that, you know, from uh, other directors and people I've heard talk, if you're the one who it's like you did the pilot inception for a show and it gets picked up, that is great news for you, even if you are no longer involved in the project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know. It might it might not actually be the case because I know that's like an Amazon Prime exclusive and we all know that Amazon is a, a, a super evil corporation that wants to take over the world and might have different policies on its own. Yeah, they, you know, they and, answer and to again, no it one. All, it all depends on, on, on how the contracts worked out, which is not information yeah. we're going to be privy to. Exactly. I, I, we have no idea. But I really hope that it, uh, he does uh, because I really love the show The Boys. Um, we, uh, my fiance and I uh, just kind of binge watched it over one, uh, one day because uh, she has to watch it for work. She's a graphic designer and does some stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I actually tried reading the comic and just wasn't quite quite the same. But I love the show. Uh, and I, so I'm really hoping he gets a, a lot of, uh, of stuff for that and might even come back to do a couple more episodes because I know season two is supposed to come out fairly soon. Yeah, um, I think it's September 4th, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I enjoy the show. I, I actually checked out the comic and I like it, but I can also, and the comic does make a little more sense logically in the way of things. However, the comic is very much designed for people who have been into comics. You know, yeah. it, 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 it works off of, Hey, like this is what would really be going on in a comic book universe. And if you haven't really read comics and spent a lot of time in, you know, comic book, universes of that nature then yeah i can see how it doesn't play as well mm-hmm. i mean but it, it, and, you know that's why the show plays well though the the show is like hey we're just gonna take the concept and do it to superhero movies and i'm like oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh it's just the the one thing that about the comic is like it's just a little bit much in terms of its tone and content it's a little bit too mean for me and a little too graphic i think is the word yeah, um, I mean, I could see that. I mean, also because I think he overly ran with his, like, I'm going to out-preach your preacher. And I'm yeah, like... Yeah, that was the part and, that I'm like, that really hurt my interest in your, the series for the comic. Uh, well, but, but again... I, I think the comic actually has something so much... We've gotten on a really weird tangent here, but... <laughs> I, I think them being CIA is so important. Them being independent operators in the show, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't play as well for me. Because, like needing the protection of the government and that storyline and being that like, Oh no, superheroes are part of corporations and the government's trying not to be taken over by corporations. So they have a black bag task force to keep these idiots in line. Yeah. And I just thought that was a really important aspect. Yeah. But apparently uh, I was reading uh, on uh, the director and apparently he's also a podcaster himself. And I actually was reading that. I'm like, damn, how cool would it be for him to actually join us on our show <laughs> and do, like, a director commentary? But then again, he probably already did one for the Blu-ray. Uh, I have oh, no yeah. idea. I haven't actually... I'm, uh, I'm 
fairly certain there's a commentary track out there somewhere with him so <laughs> i would be shocked if there wasn't yeah we're just we're just fans uh but uh either way we're i'm still a big fan of these and i'm really excited to see whatever the hell else that he winds up doing in the future um apparently actually i just uh, read up that uh uh, he wanted to do an adaptation of uh, a great comic series by Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Why the Last Man. I don't know if you've oh, ever read that. I have not, but I have heard nothing but good things from oh. uh, people who have. And, you know, it's like I'm I'm in favor of, yeah, I'm in favor of people doing more projects. And I, I particularly like the fact that given the rise of things like Netflix and Amazon, we're starting to see more experimentation and willingness to tackle you know long form uh comics instead of just trying to do like you know the movie one-offs and stuff so i yeah. think it'll be interesting to, to see where stuff goes i mean obviously you know based on this film i mean this is a great movie with great performances across the board it shows that as a director he can you know he can hold the reins and handle stuff so yeah yeah i'm surprised we haven't seen him doing more but then again i don't know uh, what his personal goals are or what everything is going on uh, in the industry. So he may be pursuing other stuff that, you know, he enjoys and this might just not be his, his bag at the moment, but it doesn't mean he won't necessarily come back to it either. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, again, I'd love to see him come back. I mean, just about anything. Cause from the, the few things that he's gotten out already, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to more. And honestly, you know, <laughs> I'm really sad that Cloverfield Paradox was the quote-unquote sequel to this because, you know, I've, uh, we already talked about how kind of disappointing that was and whatnot, but I really want to see a sequel to just to this. I want to see, you know, uh, uh, Mary Weinstead, uh, Winstead come back as that character and fucking fight aliens Rip Ripley style. Like, oh, yeah. can we just Can we just have a 10 Cloverfield Lane sequel where it goes full aliens and she becomes like a, a medic in a squad of soldiers trying to fight these beings. Like I'll watch that. Like the first movie's a horror movie. The second movie's an action war movie. Like hell yeah. You kidding yeah. me? Cause we don't have a whole lot of really great, uh, female action heroes. We've got Sarah Connor. We've got, um, uh, Ellen Ripley and like who else are really, iconic um what's her name from uh mad max fury road um oh uh charlie's uh, theron yeah furiosa yeah Furiosa. yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like we've only got a like maybe you know a small handful of female uh action horror sci-fi whatever heroes like really good ones and damn it this character has that potential to be one but the way the franchise is formatted and set up and it just i don't think it'll work and but damn it i want it to so badly because we need more <laughs> characters like her um i mean we kind of saw her do something with uh, uh uh what was she playing um in birds of prey um oh she um, uh she played huntress yeah that's right she played the huntress and uh and as a fan of the huntress character it was it, it wasn't disappointing, you know, the way she played it. It was just the way that she was characterized. Like, she's kind of an awkward kind of dude. And I get what they were going for, but I don't know. Like, Birds of Prey was kind of 
a mess, but it was a fun mess that I enjoyed. You know? Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I think Birds of Prey did it very well. I mean, it's it's a fun comic book movie, which is what it's supposed to be, and I think it it I think it achieved what it was supposed to achieve. Um, yeah. A lot of. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been doing a, a lot of work since since she got in the industry. I mean, she's pretty consistently worked, and she's done a lot of stuff and been on a lot of shows and things. And a lot of stuff, I think, you know, just hasn't quite hit. And I would really love to see uh, some vehicle, whether her, you know, taking a lead role in a show, movie, whatever. I would just love to see some vehicle vault her further up because I, I completely believe she has the talent. I mean, that movie oh, shows totally. it. Yeah. Uh, her acting chops are just, you know, wonderful. But you're just kind of sitting there. It's like, man, like, we somebody find a... the right vehicle yeah. for this woman because she deserves to be doing way better and more intense and interesting and notable larger roles than she's currently doing like somebody find Give her a good vehicle. something good man right <laughs> uh maybe you know what maybe they should do like because uh, you know uh obviously the coronavirus has uh, uh pushed back black widow for god knows how long oh gosh but how cool would it be if they put her in a like a a, a blonde wig and have her be the other black widow that takes over <laughs> Put her in a Marvel movie, you cowards. Do it. Um, and speaking of Marvel movies, and I think this is a good way to kind of segue into our final bits. Uh, next week is going to be Blade with Mark in our Marvel movie of the month because we're keeping it spooky here. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's any final thoughts you have about this movie because honestly, I just... There's so... Like, despite some flaws of being tethered to another movie and that the the ending doesn't quite work as well as i would like it to despite totally working in the long run like after i've had time to process and think about it um i still think this is probably one of the more underrated uh horror thriller movies of the last decade yeah uh i think this movie did what it set out to do very well i think it's a great little film and I, I think that it, it's almost sad because I really enjoyed this in the theaters. I remember everyone talking about it at the time. And, you know, now I rarely hear it talked about or mentioned. I think that, you know, I don't know if they just failed to capitalize or didn't know what they wanted to do. But this is one of those movies where it's like, man, like everything about that was great. And even now at this time, as you're saying, like with the pandemic and everything we're dealing with, uh, it feels almost more, you know, topical. And yet, like, it's not a movie I hear talked about much these days. And I'm just like, man, like that that's a shame. Yeah. It's it's probably, as you said, it's probably, you know, one of the best, you know, uh, thriller horror films, like, of this kind of genre uh, of, of the last, you know, five or six years. And it's just like, man, it's not getting talked about much. And that that's unfortunate. Well, that's what we're here for, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Go see this movie. See it many times, uh, especially given how claustrophobic and how scary things are hunkered down. <laughs> like it's it's it'll definitely play to your nightmares, but in the most delightful and sensational ways. 
So yeah, man, like that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, so like I said, next week uh, we'll be back with Marvel movie of the month with Mark, and again we're keeping it kind of spooky. So we're going full vampire with the first Blade with Wesley Snipes. Gonna be a lot of fun because uh, it's been a because uh, it's uh, one that I only saw recently. So should be a really good show. Um, but uh, um, we'll be back again with Spooktober uh, with uh, Sean and I and another special guest star. Uh, who will share the same name of our film. That's all I'm given. That's your only hint. You, you five people listening, go out and search <laughs> the bowels of the Comtrack, uh, <laughs> the Comtrack verse and find the answer to my little riddle. You're not going <laughs> to search. By the time you hear this, it's probably going to be out. <laughs> And then, of course, I'm just going to get that one surprising fan like, oh, my God, you actually were listening. You get a special prize. <laughs> and speaking of which, if someone actually does comment or message about it, either in the comments or on Facebook or wherever, if you actually do comment uh, what what the next movie with Sean and I after our Marvel movie of the month uh, with Mark is going to be, let me know and I will reach out to you and I will give you a little... A little special surprise gift. It'll be really good. It'll be a little witch hunt, or a little uh, a little Easter egg hunt for this month's Spooktober. So, I guess I'll leave you guys on that. Uh, this has been a really fun episode of Comtrack, uh, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I've been Tim. I've been Sean. And uh, we'll see you for the next episode. Peace. Peace.